ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Warner is out and now the Pakistanis are shaking Warner's hand as he heads off after his final test innings. That is the sound of a David Warner-sized hole being left at the top of the batting order in the Australian test team. The conversation leading up to and since has been about who will fill the void and it's been constant. Will it be a traditional opener? Will Steve Smith move up the order? Will they use it to get Cameron Green back in the side? Well, today, Cricket Australia released the squad for the upcoming West Indies series, and it probably answers some of those questions. I'm Poppy Penny, and this is ABC Sport Daily. Gideon Haig has been writing about cricket in Australia for some time, and you can read that writing at his substack, Cricket et al. Gideon, the one thing everyone was looking for with this squad was who would come in and open the batting with Usman Khawaja. They've named Steve Smith, Cameron Green and Matt Renshaw. Steve Smith will be opening the batting and Cameron Green will come into the number four position, which is fantastic. How do you see this playing out? Well, I think it looks like Smith will get the job which is interesting. We, we heard that actually for the first time a couple of days out of the Sydney test, that, that he was a candidate, that the selectors have been looking for some way to restore Smith's mojo. Shaheen bowls and it's pulled away by Smith in the air, over the head of long arm, of long leg for six. You know, he's come somewhat off his exalted standards of earlier stages in his career. I think he averaged 42 last season. They want to give him a new challenge and, uh, and opening the batting is always a challenge. I'm actually happy to go up the top. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty keen if, if that's what they want to do. So um, I'm sure the selectors and, and Ron and Paddy and stuff will have a chat after this game. But yeah, I'm certainly interested for sure. It's one that he hasn't done before and the vacancy had opened up and um, yeah, Bob's your uncle. Steve Smith hasn't opened the batting at test level before. How do you think his game suits that move up the order? Will he have to make changes? Well, I mean, he is a very accomplished changer of his technique. You know, if it, if it doesn't work the first time, he will find another way. For someone who has achieved as much as he has over such a long period of time across all formats, um, it's, a, it's a challenge or a, an itch that he'd like to scratch. He'll be stimulated by, by the opportunity to do the new job. I think he probably had coveted moving up the order to, to number three as well. You know, he's played great cricket at number three. He's been enormously successful there, even more successful at number three than, uh, than at number four. But he is a player who is capable of performing in, I think, any, any scenario. Let's not forget that he started his career as a number seven batsman and leg spinner. He's <laughs> performed every task in, uh, in, his, in his cricket career with avidity and creativity. And the other thing is, look, we're playing against the West Indies. They, they are a shadow of the, uh, of, the, of the great teams of yore. It's not a great attack that Smith will be cutting his teeth on as, as an opener. How much is Smith moving up the order a bid to get Cameron Green back into the team? Obviously, Mitch Marsh's form demands that he stays there, I guess, as opposed mm. to Smith being the perfect fit for that opening role. Yeah, look, that's what it's all about. Uh, there are all sorts of reasons to try and get Cameron Green into the side. One of them being that um, you know he's the youngest player. He he is the kind of the, the upside, the blue sky in Australian cricket. At uh, at Sydney, the Australian team average age thirty three. Uh, I think it was the unusual statistic. It was the oldest youngest player in the uh, in the side in the history of Test cricket. <laughs> Manus Labuschagne at the age of twenty nine was the youngest player in the Australian team. Now Cameron Green is in his early twenties. He's shown a lot of promise. 
he got injured. He kind of he's, he's marked time a little bit last season, but but getting him back into the cut and thrust of competition has been a priority. It's just been a question of what role he fulfills. I think the way the the rest of that batting order is is functioning left us feeling like that we have someone who we think is pretty talented, who potentially was going to find it hard to to get any test cricket in the next um, period, 12 months or so. So, you know, trying to trying to work out a way and working through some of the solutions to that and how he could potentially slot in and where that could be. If Smith doesn't perform in these two tests, and you've mentioned that the West Indies aren't exactly bringing an A-grade attack, but if he doesn't no. perform, is this whole game of musical chairs just going to start again or do you think they'll stick with him for these New Zealand fixtures later in the year? Well, one person's musical chairs is another person's selection. You know, this is what this is what selectors do. I think we've become a little bit uh, superstitious about about changing things. A batsman moving from three to four is is a massive deal these days. You know, will they be able to cope? Frankly, you know, most players don't think about that. It's it's very rare that a player who can't succeed in one position doesn't succeed in another. It's worth finding out. And it's worth issuing challenges to, uh, to, to cricketers. This off also offers the opportunity to bring Travis Head up the order when his form you know, fully justifies promotion. It gives Australia another bowling option, which, uh, which they do need. They've got an attack now that is quite, not elderly, but certainly senior in years. Uh, you don't want to be relying on them to do too much donkey work. So it's a really interesting frontier for Australia to have two all-rounders in it. I think we, we probably haven't had that since the early 1960s when you had Richie Benno and Alan Davidson and Ken Mackay and Wally Grout who could bat a bit. Australia batted very low in, uh, in, in that period. Uh, you could almost say that Mitchell Stark, is, you know, he's got a test batting average of 21. He's got a higher score of 99. It's a very strong batting lineup once, uh, once you start to look at it with a lot of bowling flexibility as well. Do you see the two all-rounders experiment working? Well, what's, what does work success mean in, uh, in, in this context? I guess if they both make runs, that's good. If they take wickets, even better. But frankly, if they take up some of the workload that was otherwise going to, uh, to the other main bowlers, that's a kind of success as well. It gives us, furthermore a very, very good gully fieldsman. I think that's one of the things that Australia has missed in, uh, in Green's absence. You know, he is a, an extraordinary gully fieldsman with an amazing reach and, and fantastic reflexes. Here comes Cummins, around the wicket to Duckett. Duckett is edging and he's oh, caught in the gully by that man with the big tentacles. He's caught by Green. And with the retirement of, uh, of David Warner, there will be a kind of a rejigging of the Australian uh, slips cordon. To bring Green in, I think, brings it up to strength. Smith and Kawaja are both into their mid-30s, and let's be honest, they're closer to the end of their careers than the beginning of them. Is there a danger that in the not-too-distant future we could be having this conversation about not one but two spots at the top of the order? Well, we'll probably cope. <laughs> you know, it's, one, one or two spots is not is not a massive change. The other thing is that, you know, Australia's only got six states, so there are never that many candidates. We, we don't make wholesale changes in this, uh, in this country. Warner has now retired. That's, um, that's removed one of the kind of the loose slats on the Australian porch. Kawaja will probably go in, in the next year. I guess the bowling is starting to look a little bit senior. But let's not forget, these guys are absolutely hyper-fit. This is all they do. 
they've never been better prepared. They've never been better coached. We used to think of Australian cricket as, as reaching their pensionable age in, the, in their early 30s. But what we've seen in the last 10 years in Australian cricket is a lot of older players providing Australian cricket with fantastic value. Your Brad Haddons and your, and your Chris Rogerses and your Ryan Harrises. You know, because they've been playing every game like it was their last, I know they've got they've got a lot of extra value out of their careers, and that that I think that's that's been seen very clearly with uh, Usman Khawaja, who's probably playing the best cricket of his life at the moment. Balls away, and does he hit a gap? He'll turn for two. They're coming back. Khawaja is coming back. He's sprinting. He makes it. He's done it again. He reconfirms his love affair with the hello turf here at the SCG. As you touch on, there were others in this conversation too. Matt Renshaw's in the squad, but you think unlikely to take his spot at the top of the order. Renshaw gets the 100. First ball after tee. That's how easy it is, Priggy. What are you worried about? 100 to Matthew Renshaw. Marcus Harris, who David Warner all but anointed the heir to the throne, not selected, along with Cameron Bancroft, who's at the top of the order for WA, who also missed out. How stiff are they to have missed the squad? Well, they've had opportunities, let's not forget. I think David was – well, don't give up your day job, David. I feel like the, the, the person who's, you know, worked their backside off and has been there um, for a while, you know, in the background, I think Harry's, Harry's been that person that's always, you know, he's toured, he's going to have that chance. Um, he scored 100 the other day. You know, he missed out in a couple other games. But, you know, he, he's always been that person who was next in line. Um, so, you know, if the, if the selectors show their, their faith in him, then I'm sure he'll – He'll come out and play the way he does. You know, it's it's not too dissimilar to me. If he sees it in his areas, he goes for it and he plays it, plays his shots, and um, yeah, I think he'd fit well. Harris has played 14 Test matches. He averages 25. He's made three fifties. He's in his early 30s. I don't think there's any significant indication that he's a better cricketer than he was four years ago. He's just four years older. So I think he's probably reached his ceiling. He's been in and around the camp for for the last couple of years, but I'm not surprised that he's been overlooked. Bancroft's extremely unlucky. Cam's Sheffield Shield record over the last couple of years has obviously been phenomenal and it's made this decision really challenging. A line ball call. Ultimately, the decision to get Cam into the team was around we want our best six batters playing and um, as it currently stands, the panel sees Matt Renshaw as, as our next best batsman. Bancroft has done what the selectors want of players. He has burned the barn down the last couple of years. He's been overwhelmingly the highest scorer in Australian first-class cricket. Driving and driving very nicely through the covers, Bancroft. That was well struck and will race to the rope for four. Uh, I think he's an improved player from, from two years ago. He's done a lot of work with Justin Langer on his technique. You couldn't ask him to have performed to, to a higher standard. And it's a pretty strong indication, if he hasn't been picked with that form, that he won't be considered in the future. It's pretty hard to go back to a player... Uh, at that age, once you've passed them up on the on the basis of the, of that form, you know what else does he have to do to get picked? And uh, this selection is a little bit about um, you know meeting the needs of the current crop of players rather than introducing a uh, a, a new player. Renshaw's a very good player. I think he's going to have a a career. He always looks the goods. I think there's a touch of class about him. He was unlucky. He came into the middle of that test series in India when the pitches were virtually unplayable and lost his preferment. But he always looks like a guy who's got that little bit of extra time. And at the age of 27, 
these are his prime run-bearing years. It's a, it's a good opportunity to get him back into the mix of things if a vacancy should open up for whatever reason, injury or, or unavailability. Well, the Australian cricket team is going through change and as they say, change is as good as a holiday. Gideon Haig, thanks so much for your time today. My pleasure, Poppy. Headlines staying with cricket and the women's team has wrapped up its tour of India with a win to seal the T20 series. India set Australia a target of 148 and the tourists got there only three wickets down in 19th over. Squeezes it through for the win for her half century. Her first on the tour of India this time, Beth Mooney. But most importantly for her and for Australia, it is a series win, 2-1. New captain Alyssa Healy top scored with 55 and bowler Annabelle Sutherland was player of the match, having taken two key wickets in the first innings. Australia finished the tour having won both white ball series, but they did lose the test. Tennis and Australia's top-ranked female player Arena Rodionova has been denied a wildcard spot in this year's Open and will miss the tournament after being knocked out of qualifying. According to News Corp, Rodionova said she felt the decision was personal, saying it's very clear to me that I am not liked. And it's not just clear to me, it's clear to every single Australian player. Yikes. And pole vaulter Nina Kennedy has received the top honours at the Athletics Australia Awards after her historic jump, which saw her share gold at the World Athletics Championships with American Katie Moon. Kennedy not only took home the Bruce McAvaney Award for Performance of the Year, but she also won the Marjorie Jackson Award for Female Able-Bodied Athlete of the Year. We actually spoke to Nina after she won that gold medal, and if you haven't heard it, I highly recommend scrolling back and having a listen. I'm Poppy Penny, and this is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Jason Ford. Thanks to Fox Sports and cricket.com.au for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.